Hello, creative friends. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Living Creatively with your host, Angela Dalton. And Monica Parks. This is the podcast where we discuss topics about finding, nurturing, and protecting your creativity and yes. creative spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a quick one. <laughs> uh, hey, girls. Good to see your face. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> How are you doing? How are you doing, I Monica? I am doing good. I'm doing good, man. I was, I've been so excited about, <laughs> about our recording. I look forward to it so much. Um, just because it's just fun. Yeah. It is uh, my way of releasing. It is very creative for me because it's a, a creative process thought wise, but also it's just very um, fun, you know? So I've been looking forward to doing this and recording this and seeing your face. It's always a, one of the highlights of my week. So I am doing good. Oh, good. Good. Me too. Me too. That makes me so happy because, as you know, this week was trash. It was trash, man. It was garbage. (laughs) Garbage. Um, Man, I'm glad glad we made it to today. Right. um, Because this week was hard. And I just want to say, you know, put this out to all of the listeners out there, people out there, like, we are all going through it in some way, shape, or form. I don't want anybody to feel like they are alone with whatever they may be struggling with right now because so many people, everybody, like basically everybody I know is going through something. Mm-hmm. And I just, I want to put that out there because when you are sitting in your, you know, whatever it is, you know, whether it's depression, whether it's anxiety, whether, whatever it is, I can speak mm-hmm. from experience, like it can feel so lonely and that you're mm-hmm. the only one that's going through this and it's your life that is garbage and all of that stuff. And it's not true. Like, if you need to hear that you are not alone, you are not alone. It is hard out here. And I don't know when that's going to change, but mm-hmm. just know you are not alone. There, are, We are all going through this together. So so please reach out if you need help. But also know we are here for you and you yeah. are not alone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Very well put. Very well put. Uh, I just, I mean, I just want to put it out there just because I started to realize just how many people in my, in my friendship in my friend groups and work groups and writer groups, like everybody is just, is just hurting. And I, I just, it's hard to see. It's really hard to see. Um, yeah. But uh, hopefully we stick together and, and get through to the other side, whatever that looks mm-hmm. like. But mm-hmm. even though this week was trash, you also know that I had my first school author literacy program events of 2021 so mm-hmm. i got to read to some babies i got to, they weren't really babies they were like first and second and third graders and they were amazing they were awesome um but you know it also that would like, help me come up with this topic for this week i mm-hmm. thought it would be interesting to talk about how we learn um mm-hmm. it was one of the things that i really wanted to relay and um inspire in the kids was that you know, while school is great, obviously we all need that education. Our ed- educators are hopefully awesome people. Teachers mm-hmm. are trying their best to get through all of this, showing mm-hmm. up every day. But at the end of the day, we all learn differently. You know, we we all have a, a, a certain process or a certain way that we connect with things that helps us learn. And mm-hmm. it's really important to understand, or at least I have 
in my seasoned experience, mm-hmm. have learned that when when I I felt like when I actually realized or figured out how I best learn, it was it changed my life mm-hmm. because it helped me to understand what the things that I needed, what the mechanisms, what the the routines that I needed, whatever the tools that I needed to learn things, to retain information. And in doing so, like it just kind of opened doors for me. And so I wanted to bring that up with you, Monica, this week. I think that's a part of our create, you know, that's part of our creative selves, our creative spirits is like how we learn things helps to not only help our productivity and our output, but also to keep us inspired, to continue Mm -hmm. to keep showing up, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I said one of the things that I realized early on was I obviously there's people who have photographic memories. Mm-hmm. I am so in awe of them. I, I, I'm just like, I hate you, but love you. Same. <laughs> <laughs> because I am not that person. I am not. I am the person who is like so old school where I need to have the piece of paper and the pencil and writing it out longhand. So like mm-hmm. my brain and my butt wired together correctly is like, okay, we need to remember this. This is important. Right. So I've always been a person where I have to just sit down and write it out longhand. And um and I just know that's that's what I have to do. That has helped me with my mm-hmm. writing endeavors and my writing career because it helped me to understand that I can't just look at something on my screen. I can't read my stuff on my screen. I have to print mm-hmm. it out. I have to have that pen in my hand to do the revisions mm-hmm. to really connect with what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. learning how to connect with what I'm doing, again, made me really excited about it to keep wanting mm-hmm. to come back. Are there things that you've learned about your experience in your creative endeavors? Yeah, I, I am very um, visual for sure. I, um, I definitely wish that I would have, even though I was very creative as a child, I had, uh, a part in the middle, which was probably my, my biggest learning, um, period in my life that there was no creativity. There was a stop to it. And I think when it's not, when I'm not paired with something creative and I don't mean like drawing or whatever, I mean like creative, some form of expression outwardly, Mm -hmm. whether it's through dance, whether it's through gymnastics, whether it's through um, some type of organization where you can get out and think of ideas mentally of how you can help communities, something like that. There's a release and a stimulation for that, that also then kind of preps my brain to take on other things that might be a little bit, you know, monotonous. They just, they're like just ex, just regular learning, book learning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you take that away and I'm just faced with just book learning, I don't do well. And so for me, um, I, I think I struggled more in the beginning of college and the end of high school because I just didn't have that outlet and it was just all book and that didn't help stimulate me. So I didn't do that well as far as classes. Obviously, I did well enough to get in college and all that kind of stuff, but doing well like is what I did towards the end of my college career and then all um college years and then towards in my college careers. Once I started being creative, I could tell there's a difference and I used to actually think that there was something wrong with me. Like I really thought I was dumb. Mm-hmm. Like for the longest time I thought I was dumb because I used to be able to teach people what we were learning in in class, but it was through a creative way of for them to be able to memorize stuff. And the difference is I don't take the kind of test that they give out tests. I don't take those well. 
-hmm. like the way that they ask questions, the way that it's presented. But those people did. They were also very book knowledge. They could, they had, some of them had the photographic memory. Some of them are able to look at something and be like, okay, I know what this is. Mm -hmm. So they would go and they would ace the test. And for me, I was just like, what are you asking me? Like if a teacher, one of my professors came and she was like, okay, Monica, what's this? What's this? And I could verbally be able to tell her what this is as we are engaging and she's showing pictures, this, that, and the other. But she was like, I don't understand how you're not doing well on this test. And I'm just like, because it's just flat. It's just words on a paper. I don't, I can't, it doesn't make sense to me. So for me, that was, that was definitely my experience. So I felt like when I started to um, intermingle creative with book, because Places are just the way they are. They're just structured and used to being able to do things a certain way. But I found that when I started mingling those things in between, my success level grew. Mm -hmm. And even when I was going and doing like training with people, I always incorporated that with within the training was something that was visual or something that was, you know, acting out. If I do meetings, I'm always doing something that's like, we're doing like almost improv of like these scenarios and people are like, they get it right. Versus just giving them this bullet point um, piece of paper on what we're going to cover in a meeting. And so for me, that's kind of how I, I've dealt with it. And I, and that's funny. Cause it's like, I, I'm driving the owners of the place that I run. I drive them crazy. Cause they're very much tech, right? They're mm-hmm. younger. They came up in a different era. Yeah. And so for them, oh, they would just drive. They were like, you, you printed out something again. And I was like, well, I need to write it down. I need to look at it. And they were like, but you can just go on the computer. It's all on the computer. You just, mm-hmm. you just open mm-hmm. this tab and then you go. And I'm like, I, I can't get going back and forth. But I need it right here. And I used to, I had to get to a point where I started hiding papers. <laughs> You're not alone, girl. You're I started hiding papers <laughs> so they couldn't find it. But I write things down. Like I, I'm like you, I have to write it down. So I'm visually connected to the process of it. I can't just read a book and a lot of this place, the way it's kind of set up, you've got to just get online and you just read through everything. And for me, I'm zoning out. I'm looking cross-eyed. I done figured out what I'm going to make for grocery, what I'm going to pick up the grocery store. Like I'm zoning. It's not engaging for me. So I don't learn that way. And there isn't, it, this particular one wasn't set up where there was um, in-person tr- onboarding. Mm-hmm. Everything was technology. And for me, I was just like, I was struggling Mm -hmm. and I thought there was something wrong with me. And I'm just like, no, this is not my learning style. My learning style is not sit in front of a computer and read everything. I can't learn. I need the engagement. I need you to show me, like run me through the software, show me, you know, that kind of thing. Uh So I am definitely a visual person as well. And I also feel like if there was more representation and I know it's a mute point now. I mean, like back in the day, they probably could have really did something with it. But now that we're in this pandemic and they barely got enough teachers to teach classes, it's kind of a mute point right now. But yeah, if there was a way previous to this that it was more understood, I wonder if people didn't understand it and it was just ignored, but it was more understood that everybody doesn't learn the same way. So you can't just say, hey, open up your books to chapter nine and read this or go home and read this. Like they, people understood that, Kids learn differently and therefore they need stimulation and that it needs to be the education system needs to be revamped. And instead of getting rid of 
um, home economics, instead of getting rid of uh, art classes, instead of getting cutting back in athletics department, and, and, and all that's left is the children sitting at a desk looking at a book. Most kids don't learn that way. Exactly. Hell, a lot of adults don't learn that way. Case in point, me and you. <laughs> I mean, so <laughs> there really be some type of a revamping where there is the structure of, and that's what this is the reason why I love the Montessori method. Are you you're where you're? Um, I'm a I'm a graduate of the Montessori method. I this is the reason I love the Montessori because they have figured out a way to creatively stimulate the mind all the different areas while also teaching them these things that they're teaching them at the same time. And I feel like we should be more on a Montessori method kind of way. And when I did a short stint of um, an assistant um, teacher for the Montessori, Montessori school at that moment, and I went to Montessori school for a short period of time when I was younger but seeing the full dynamics of all of the, the grade levels when I was teaching there allowed me to be like, this is my style. Mm-hmm. Like if I ever have kids, this is how I realize kids learn. But also for myself, this is how life, like you've got to do life like this. It's got to be something that stimulates the different parts of your brain so that you're actually getting it. And for me, I don't get stuff unless it's happening in real life. Like, and that means life lessons too. I hate that it happens that way, but you can tell me until the cows come home, you can, you can show me, you you can do all of that and I just won't get it. Mm -hmm. But if something happens where I see either somebody live it out or I hit my head up against the wall and I have to learn from that experience, I get it. Like that's the way I actually get it. But that's because there is an outwardly example of it. Yeah. Yeah. I look, I'll tell you what, I, I tech background um for a long time. But if there was ever a better test of ageism in a company, mm-hmm. add some technology. Just, just right. throw some new technology up in that bad boy and you will expose all of the ageism that runs rampant <laughs> through every department. They top have to bottom. Myself. I was like, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really not this bad. They're like, it's okay, we'll teach you. I'm like, you ain't about to make me feel like I'm over here 60 and don't know what's going on. Girl, I remember I got a new job at an advertising agency. And this is like, I was, and I was only in my, my mid thirties. And that's what made me even saltier about this experience because I was only in my mid thirties, but I got this new job. I went to one of the first client meetings that was like a conference call. And, um, so right before the client was dialing in, you know, we had just kind of like a quick round robin of everybody like introducing themselves themselves to me for you know my behalf whatever and um the account supervisor was like okay like we got to get on the call so like let's get ready girl i'm telling you this was like one of those long conference tables that had like 20 people around it everybody reached down and pulled out their laptops and i had my notebook i had my little notebook and my (laughs) pencil (laughs) everybody's opening up their laptop and i'm looking at them like huh <laughs> <Look at that. laughs> and the girl next to me who's like she was like maybe like fresh out of school 23 right. she looks over she's like um did they not issue you your laptop yet and i was like no i left it at my desk i'm like i'm gonna take notes she's like how are you taking notes 
And like, I got a pen and a piece of paper, like a notebook. I'm taking, she's like, oh, oh, okay. She's like, I'll send you my notes after we're done. (laughs) The disrespect. The disrespect. But, you know, I mean, you're right, too, about schools too i'm not an educator i'm not a teacher so i don't know but i have to imagine like the commodification of education meaning all of the money that passes through hands Mm -hmm. is the reason why we still have the structure that we have today why we still Mm -hmm. have standardized tests even though we all know standardized tests are trash that only Mm -hmm. a certain percentage of kids can like you know finagle their way through can regurgitate that information um, it's because, you know, there's there's contracts with certain companies for certain books or there's, you know, there's all of this like right. screen of money. So they just keep things status quo. Mm-hmm. And so many kids, it's sad to see so many kids like fall through those systems because simply because of money and the money's not even going to the teachers. Mm-mm. So that's another thing that's like just absolute trash. That's now. the that's the biggest thing, because I when I did um, I was a substitute teacher for a year. And I was taking over this lady's class who was in, um, she had a long-term illness. And so I took over her class and um, it was hard. I mean, like, first of all, I don't know how, what sizes classes are now, but I think I had like 30, 35 students. And you're talking about everybody is at a different learning level. Yeah. Yeah. And I implemented just like I, you know, I was talking to you about it. What just now is I implemented interactive, engaging things that stimulated different parts of their minds so that we could learn whatever it was that was in, in there. And it was successful in that. Like I even had a tutoring thing where I would tutor kids or whatever on the side and it was successful, but because you were against a dynamic, because I do remember getting a warning because I wasn't on um, uh, what do you call it? There's like a schedule. I don't know if they still do this. You had a schedule that you were supposed to complete these different topics by, you know, and you, if you're not at a certain level, you're not getting a certain test scores, you're not getting something. They're like, it's a reflection of you. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, okay, well, we need this to be showing up. And I know that you're trying to engage, but you know, you should be to this point by now in your curriculum. Like it was that. And I was sitting here like, So it's more important that I hit this. Now, I'm going to finish the curriculum. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But because I haven't finished up to this point, and I know I was new, so maybe it's that. I don't know. But because I haven't finished up to this point, even though the kids are happy, they're doing good, they're learning. And what they are supposed to learn, they learn it was better for me to breeze through these different things just so I could say I hit my markers than to go slowly and make sure that we were, you know, getting everybody. I was like, I thought it was no kid, no child left behind. We don't do that no more. Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine what, what people are, as far as teachers, what teachers are dealing with even now, as far as like on top of all the other stuff that's normal, but no, it's not, it's not, like you said, the money is definitely not in there. And it's, it's, it's I don't really feel like, the school system is built with the children in mind. No, not at all. The teachers are the only thing that allow the te- the kids to be kept in mind. 
if you've got a good teacher, that's the only reason your child is learning. It's exactly. not because of the school system. It's not because of the school board. It's not because of the curriculum. It's literally only because of that teacher, because the rest is not set up for the child Right. in mind. Right. It's not set up for them. It's, it is set up for both child and teacher to fail. True. Unfortunately. And if you do have a good teacher, oh my, they need to be protected like a national treasure. Because yes. I understand why teachers are tired. I understand seeing, hearing some of these stories from PTA parents about how they're dealing with all the COVID stuff and, mm-hmm. and going hard at the teachers. Mm. I'm like, this is not a teacher situation. This is your superintendent. These are the right, school, that part. You know, school boards. Those are the people that you need to be talking to and, and, you know, inquiring and, and showing up at, you know, the school, like demanding, you know, answers and change and whatever. Not the teacher. Right. Not the teacher. You leave them alone. Anyway, sorry. We, like, <laughs> about to put out our pick and be like, leave the teachers alone. Leave the teachers alone. Leave the teachers alone. Look, y'all gonna Girl, somebody's gonna hear that. No they're, gonna be, they're gonna be like, we cannot invite her to the school. We can't. <laughs> she can't. <laughs> we cannot. So let me just yeah you can just, just make sure you're taking care of your teachers. <laughs> yeah you can just make sure you're taking care of your teachers and your students. Yes, well I am. Yes, yes, absolutely. I am pro. I am pro educator, pro teacher for sure. Um, anyways, but the other thing about learning, you know, I think it's important because again, it goes back to your creativity. I I, I know that there are so many times in my writing when I. Oh man, I try to compare myself. You know, it's that comparison monster that comes along. I see, like, I read a book that somebody wrote, or mm-hmm. um, I read a quote of something from an interview, and I'm like, "Wow, they're they're really prolific." They're mm-hmm. like, I can't even touch that. You know? <laughs> well, let me just hang this up. Let me move right. on. You know? um, but you know, I I think that's the other part too. Of like, if you learn, if you understand how your brain works and how you learn, I think that has helped me a lot of times with that comparison because Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm not that person. I also appreciate people out there who will talk very candidly about their flaws uh, in Mm -hmm. terms of how they learn. Jacqueline Woodson, who's like an amazing children's book writer. She's like ambassador. She was the ambassador of children's books last year. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. She did an interview where she talked about how even now, you know, I think as an, a seasoned woman, she mm-hmm. still reads using her finger. So like, Aww. she has to like, right? Mm-hmm. I, I like, that's how I started I to that. learn how to write. Mm-hmm. And like, she's still doing it because she mm-hmm. knows that is the only way that she can really connect with the words is if mm-hmm. her fingers there, her brain, her eyes, everything mm-hmm. zeroes in on it and she pays attention. She has mm-hmm. that focus. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that she shared that because again, that's something that she just didn't, she never outgrew it. And she knew she couldn't outgrew it because it was just the way that she learned. Mm-hmm. And I think we run into that also a lot of times, like even outside of school, once we graduate, we move on, we're in our careers. Mm-hmm. There's still some stigmas that people hold on to about how you should or shouldn't learn. Right. And I think it's like, get away from those stigmas. However you have to learn is however you have to learn. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I really want to be able to advocate when I do author is is for somebody to tell them how you learn specific unique to you is okay it's not mm-hmm. wrong it's not bad you're not you know you're not lower than somebody else mm-hmm. that is just you that is how mm-hmm. you do that and i think adults need to hear that too we still need to yeah because we were like banging our head against the wall like why can't i do this why can't i do this 
well, you're trying to do it like somebody else and not the way that you need to have to approach it. Man, I'm so glad we had this conversation because this really helped me actually just, and I just literally had an, like an aha moment because when we were talking about, yeah, I've been sitting like this whole time and I'm, I've said this to you before, there's things that I'm used to picking up faster or I'm th- things that I'm used to being, you know, farther along in as far as like career wise and I'm struggling to get things together and I couldn't, I was just kept thinking there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me or I'm done. I got a, I got old, but now <laughs> I mean, a little bit of that too, but I mean, like, I mean, I'm like, oh, the eyes and the ears, little, not doing I mean, what a little bit, but, but I'm just saying it ain't the whole, you know, right? but, yes. but in us just talking and when you were saying like adults need that too. And I was just like, you know what, this is exactly the problem I had when I was in college or when I was in um, high school and me thinking it's me. And it's like, no, this is not your learning style. You're still brilliant. You're still amazing. You're still good at what you do. You still know how to do it. All the information is in you, but the way that it's trying to be unlocked, it's got the wrong key. Mm. This is not the right key. I understand that this is the way things are set up, but this is not my learning style. And now I'm sitting here. I'm like, oh, I'm all right. I'm just, I'm in the wrong learning style. Thank you, Angela. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah, that's all this is. It's the wrong. I'm. I'm it's, it's being presented in the wrong learning style. So I'm struggling, and it's taking me longer than it normally would would or should take. And I just need to switch up the style according to what works best for me because it's not. It hasn't been created like that, and it's not being presented like that. But it's still trying to keep pushing me in that way. And now I need to be able to say, Hey, look, I get that this is the way things are, but this is not my learning style. And that makes so much more sense because it's not necessarily anything wrong with this and there's not anything wrong with me. It's just like, I got to find something that connects. Yes, yes, absolutely. And it's funny, listening to you talk helped mm-hmm. reveal something to me about oh, what right. I'm doing. Okay. <laughs> because I like, I mean, I still like to take classes. I still, mm-hmm. I, I, I still love taking classes and I'm taking a class right now about how to write a novel in verse. So almost like it, like, like writing an entire novel using poems. So each okay. poem could be a standalone poem, but then, but really like when you put all the poems together, it tells a complete story. Got and it. I like that. I've have had all these ideas for novels, but I have realized that like, there's just so many things that I don't like about writing a novel, like in, mm-hmm. like in regular long form, mm-hmm. I, um, in prose, that's, that's what we call it, I guess. Um, <laughs> well, if you, if you would have said it, your non-writing friend would have been like, ah, and wouldn't have never known. So keep it simple with me. <laughs> I, but I know there's like Long some form. Like Got it. writer friends who are like, um, Angela, you're talking about prose, okay? <laughs> so I got to represent. Okay, but, okay. But now like taking this, so I, so I just recently had a friend who completed a novel in verse and it's beautiful and it's wonderful and I'm so excited for her but I was like you did the whole damn thing writing this novel but I realized that that might be a style of writing that will help me to tell the stories that I want to tell in novel Mm -hmm. form Mm -hmm. so I'm taking this class and I really really like it I really like it's kind of jump-started me to write again I've started waking up in the morning with like ideas of like scenes that are happening in Mm -hmm. in the the story and um 
But I realized too, it's like, I, this might be the way that I need to write these more longer form stories mm-hmm. is because there's so much you can do with it. Like you have a whole page of white space, so you can like stretch words, you can stretch letters, you can, you know, yeah. like you can move things around on the page. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, that is what really excites me about telling the story. I don't really want to get into like the murky details of, Mm -hmm. you know, the world building like too much. You know, I really want to get to the heart and the guts of the story. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I think writing in verse affords. Anyways, so you're saying that and I'm like, oh, I think I might have just realized like this is how I'm going to get to my end goal Mm -hmm. of writing a novel, but it's through this different way, this different type of writing that I'm trying to learn. And I've always loved poetry, and I've just always never thought that I could write poetry. But I think I can. I think awesome. I'm sure so. this episode looked like it got both of us on. On, I came to a conclusion that <laughs> can stick out my check and be like, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> you came to a conclusion like, I think I can do this. <laughs> Man, maybe this is our season four story arc. This is the dramatic climax. I can Jesus. do it. I can Jesus. do it. Oh my God. <laughs> I just don't even want to talk about the story arc of what this has been. I'm so, I'm so, it's just, uh, <laughs> all I can think of is season three of being like, so we're getting ready to do this transition. And it's like ending season. I'm just, you know. Yeah, there's no, no words. Stay with the episode. Stay with the episode. You just got done saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Find the, stay with the episode, yeah. girl. Stay with Woo! me. It's a slippery slope. <laughs> it's, a, it's a slippery slope, girl. I'm going the wrong direction. I'm going the wrong direction. It takes a village. It takes a village. Thank you, girl. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. It takes a village. We're doing slippery good. Slope. We, we had breakthroughs. We had breakthroughs this episode. Well, we stay might need the enemy. <laughs> Put a a cap on this. (laughs) Being in it. (laughs) Oh Oh, well, I'm really glad that we had this conversation. I, 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 I love you know the aspect that you brought to you know just making those connections because they are important. Like when you know how you learn stuff, how you retain stuff, like, again, that's the thing that's going to keep you inspired when you know how mm-hmm. to access it. Right. So it's like, and it's hard because like some days you'll access it and some days you won't. Yeah. At least as long as you know that mm-hmm. um, it makes it easier. Like that's kind yeah. of the battle. Right. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, yeah. So cool. Well, thank you for talking to me about this. Well, thank you for bringing <laughs> up the topic. <laughs> Uh, and friends, we hope you too got something out of it. Um, again, we started this. We started this episode by saying you are not alone, and hopefully, <laughs> this shows you even more so you're not alone if you are struggling with your creative process or any yes. kind of productivity. Um, mm-hmm. You know, hopefully, maybe this will give you some steps to take uh, take some steps back and look at you know maybe how you're approaching it isn't the way that you need to approach it. It's not the right process for you to connect with whatever it is that you're trying to do and you can try some some different ways yeah to happen yeah and so with that <laughs> this concludes this episode of living creatively with your host angela dalton and monica parks 
Remember, you can also connect with us on Instagram at Living Creatively Now, Living Creatively Podcast Facebook page, and on our website, thisislivingcreatively.com, to subscribe or to send us questions that you'd like us to answer or advice you may need as a fellow creative. Thank you for joining us and being part of our Living Creatively community. Yes, and always remember to protect your heart, protect your mind, and protect your gift. Until next week. Bye. Bye.